yeah, as Jonathan said, my name is Matt. Uh, I serve as one of the pastors here. And one of my roles is community pastor. And so all that means is I get to come alongside uh, those that are community leaders that serve in D groups, uh, just help the discussions outside of our church building, outside of a Sunday. Um, what we do during the week, I get to just come alongside of that. And so what I would like to do today is just take a look at well, what is community? What is community biblically, but also too, like, what does it mean here at ENV? And so on the board, if you have that, this is what we're going to do. Everything that we do here at EMV, it kind of looks like this. So this looks like a target for all the ladies, like shopping and stuff like that. But this, this is a target. Now, the goal of a target, you usually start on the outside and you work your way in. Like, we're going to get that target. We're going to do that. We're going to, here's how, here's what, and then boom, we're going to hit that target. But here, we start with the what. We start with the who. We start with the sinner. It's Jesus. We have to hit that target. We don't come to Sunday and hope that we hit Jesus. We don't come and say, oh, man, this Sunday, yeah, let, let's hope he shows up. No, he needs to be the first person that shows up, and we need to recognize that. Amen? And so all of our, so when we talk about community, we don't start with community and hope that we get to Jesus. We start with Jesus, and we let him teach us what community means. We let him teach us what what. What do I do with my life and with others? What does that look like? And so today, that's what we're going to be talking about. The who, Jesus. That's what we do everything out of. And then that's going to go into the what. Well, what does community look like? Why are we doing this? Here we have to multiply disciples who love God, one another, and the world. That's the mission of our church. And that would fit in that what. And then how do we do that? That's how we're going to end uh, today. And so if you have your Bibles... We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 12. And here is my hope. This is kind of like slash lecture slash uh, sermon. So I'm kind of balancing through the two and then trying to get it under this time. But uh, I was actually talking with a friend on Friday. Jonathan and I were talking. And she had never been to our church. But just by going on the website, just by seeing some images and graphics of the church, she's like, you guys are like all about community, aren't you? Like, that's just what you do. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do because we believe that community, it's not just a good idea. It's actually God's plan. It's plan A. It's not plan B. Like, he wants to use us. And that comes in community. So what does community look like? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, before, we get to, uh, before we get to Colossians chapter 3, when Penny started kindergarten, everything was going great until a couple weeks into it, we got a report from her teacher that the mornings were great, but in the afternoon, she was a little sluggish. She just wasn't operating as well. I'm like, hmm, I, I wonder why, just new schedule or whatever. So I asked, could I join lunch one day just to see how Penny's doing? She said, that would be great. So I went in, I sat on the lunch carpet, and it was just me and Penny. And so we're about to open our lunch. She's doing great. And all of a sudden, someone walks into the class. It's her friend, like, Billy. She goes, Billy, come sit with me. I'm like, okay, that's cool. He's a guy. I'm okay with that. But, yeah, come sit. <laughs> and then Susie walks in. Susie, come sit with me. Wow. Penny, this is amazing. A third grader walks in. Hey, I know it's not your class, but come sit with me. I'm like, 
Penny, you're a community master. This is amazing. Teacher, are you watching this? Like the students become the teacher. This is incredible. But as she was gathering everyone, I noticed she was not doing one thing. Guess what that was? Eating lunch. So to Penny, like lunch was just getting people together, which is great. But she forgot the main reason that we do lunch. And the same with community. We have so many definitions of communities. Is that my friend group? Is that just hanging out? Uh, is that, um, you know, whatever. Clubs, rotary clubs, is that a little thing? I don't know. But, like, what, what does it mean to have community? And I believe that you cannot define true community for what it was made for without having God in it. It's his idea. It's his plan. And so in Colossians chapter 3, this is what it says, starting in verse 12. This is Paul writing to the church at Colossae. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, please teach us what this means. Jesus, would you take over at this time? In Jesus' name, amen. So what does community look like with Christ as the source? Just as we looked at that target, if we're starting there, we're hitting the target, Jesus is the who, is the what, what does that look like to have Christ in community? Paul says, put on then as God's chosen one. So it starts with God. It's his conversation, his idea. He chose. And here's what we're supposed to wear. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Why do we have to have those things? Well, I've heard it said that clothes make the person. I heard it from my grandma, so maybe that's super old and no one knows that. But clothes make the person. And you can tell a lot by a person what they are wearing. For instance, do we have the first one? What does this tell you about this person? That's right, Filipino. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. There we go. Okay. A nurse, a doctor, someone who helps people because of the uniform, right? What does this tell you about the person? Drive faster, right? That's what that, I'm just kidding, okay? But it tells you, no, I'm here to serve, to help, protect. What does this tell you about the person? Single for life. And I'm kidding. Happy for life, happy for life. And finally, just because I have to do it, what does this tell you about this person? Yes. It's a picture of Ryan with bunny ears. Just a lovely guy. All right. So, what you wear says who you are or, come on, track with me. I got 20 minutes. <coughs> or who you are shapes what you're going to wear. 
Paul is talking to a group of people who have already put on the new self. And he says, as Christians, we need to remember that we are the beloved of God. We represent something, someone. We are rescued, chosen by God. It's our identity. And now Paul says that we are to put on specific characteristics of the Christian, the characteristics of the new self. So like trying to break in new clothes, it's not always the easiest of tasks. But it takes time to get used to moving around. There, there can even be tension between the position and practice of being a believer of Jesus. Basically, the Christian is a new self, and Paul's saying you need, to earn, you need to learn how to act like it. This is who you are, and so you need to put on these things and act like that. So, in community, following Jesus, we wear the appropriate clothes, compassion and kindness, and now Paul says... You actually have to walk in them, not just put them on, but walk in them, bearing with one another. And if any of you has complaint against someone, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. So wait a second, Paul. You're telling me that I'm supposed to put on these clothes so I can forgive people? What if I don't want to wear those? What if I don't want to be in a place where I have to forgive? I don't want to have compassion right now. I don't want to be kind right now. Why? Because I don't trust him. I don't like her. They don't deserve my kindness. They hurt me. I mean, look at Paul. Where is he teaching these people from? He's in prison right now. Tell me that wouldn't be the last place where you would want to put on the clothes of Christ. But But what marks Christian community? What does it look like? For one, we don't hold grudges. And what's more, we forgive. But why do we forgive? We forgive because of the source. Christ first forgave us. In his book, The Good and Beautiful Community, I have a quote on the screen. James Smith says this about being clothed by Christ. Communities become other-centered when they are steeped in the narrative of the kingdom of God, a place where grace is spoken and lived for as long as it's needed. Our leader came and served and then died for the good of others. I suppose that would be a pretty good mission statement for a church, but one I am not likely to see. We exist to serve others and then die, just like our founder. So instead of repaying malice with malice, Jesus shows us through the cross that we need to love those who reject us. Praying for others and simple acts of kindness for those who reject us, this helps give Jesus the glory but it also allows us to discover more of his character within ourselves. We begin forgiving past our strengths and loving more deeply simply because of our source, Jesus. And just like pants need a belt, shirt needs buttons, Paul reminds us that the example of Christ, excuse me, that the example of Christ is what holds everything together by saying this, and above all these, put on love, which binds together in perfect harmony. When it comes to following Jesus and others, Paul singles out one characteristic above all others, love. The term Paul uses to talk about love is the most frequently used in the New Testament. It's the word agape. Can you say that with me, Sunday school kids? Agape, very nice. Definition, this is selfless love that will go to any length to attain the well-being of others. This characteristic consistently describes God's love, as well as the love Christians should have for God, the world, and one another. So yes, I want to wear these clothes, but what if I can't keep them on for too long, Matt? Like, what, what, what if I can't fake it 
that long? What, what if I can't display kindness and patience all the time? Like, what if I just can't do it? Paul, Paul's list here of all these attributes of what the Christian should wear, it's not simply a Christian checklist. Do these and you'll be a good Christian. Okay, did I do this today? Was I kind today? It, it's not that. Now, for some of us, we like lists. We wish it was a list because we're very good. We're very keen. We can accomplish those things very easily. But it's not a list. It's a, um, excuse me. Yeah, because lists are visual, they're organized, it brings instant uh, gratification when the task is completed. But if we look at it that way, it can also put a weight on us. It can drag us down because there's some things that we just can't do too quickly, like relationships, like community. There's mess, there's tension, there's heartache. There's going to need to be forgiveness. There's going to come time where we have courageous conversations, where we say things on behalf of God. But the Christian life that Paul is describing is not a to-do list. You know, just be kind, love always. No, because on our own, these things will not bring peace. And we will constantly wonder, have we done enough today? Have I done enough? Have people noticed enough? However, the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done for us, or as Paul says, being rooted in love, it's not about doing, it's about done. Can you say that with me? It's not about doing, it's about done. Our identity as Christ followers is not, what, is not in what we do, but in what Jesus has done. And what has he done? Well, he saved us out of love. Paul tells the church at Colossae, uh, that it is not these characters alone that make a Christian. I mean, let's be real. Do you have to love Jesus? Or excuse me, do you have to love Jesus to be a kind person? Do you have to love Jesus to be a kind person? No, it helps. I know lots of nice people that don't love Jesus. Uh, do you have to go to church to show compassion to others? No, you don't. But it is only the love of Christ that can uniquely bring all of these things together, compassion, kindness, humility, binding them in perfect unity. It's not the completion of a list that makes the Christian life possible, but allowing Christ himself, his love, to live through each of us. So by having Christ at the center, he becomes the source. Not community itself, but the source that is expressed through community. It is Christ who lives in us. But Matt, we're all different. We have different backgrounds, different cultures. We like different things, uh, different attention spans, all these things. How are we supposed to be a body? How are we supposed to do community together? Because I'm okay hanging out with those people, but what about these people? How do we do that? Is it possible for all Christ followers to act the same? Is it? As one writer put it, and I have this as well, I love this quote. I use it as much as I can. The Christian drama, first off, what a great start to a sentence. <laughs> the Christian drama. No, I thought it was peace and love and hugs and kisses and coffee and soup, which is coming. No, the Christian drama is an ongoing drama performed by a people who live in a wide variety of times and places. And we should pay attention with all the critical tools at our disposal to the crucial difference between telling a story differently and telling a different story. There's a huge difference, especially in our Pinterest culture, okay? There's a huge difference in telling a story differently, do it this way, do it this way, and telling a different story. We call these in our communities and our D groups courageous conversations. We have a story to tell, 
and it's how Jesus saves. Doing life together with Christ is not just following some moralistic dress code or having to look like everyone else. It's not even about getting along perfectly because we know life is messy. It's quite difficult, uh, especially when others are involved. The church would be great if it wasn't for the people, right? No? Okay, we'll cut that. We'll delete that, Jonathan. Thank you. Um, But following Jesus is simply about telling a different story. The story of Jesus. The story that even in our sin, separation, loneliness, and busyness of searching for the life we want for ourselves, love, his love, came down and gave us true life freely. In living out community, individuals can find both security and significance. You can find these in community because people want to be accepted for who they are, but they don't want to stay that way as we're always looking for freedom and worth. And community is a safe place that you can grow in. Why? Because it has Christ at the center, his peace. So what does community with Christ look like? It looks like this. As Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So, ENV, what does this look like here? What does this look like for us? Is this just in the Bible? We're supposed to check it off. We read it. What, what does that look like for us? Well, here, just as my friend noticed, communities is the plan. We want to reach this city with a different story. Amen? We want to reach this city. And so how do we do that? At this time, I texted you earlier this week, if you currently serve or have even served as a community leader here at EMV, could you please stand up? This is the plan, okay? Can we give them a round of applause, please? (laughs) Stay standing, stay standing. Now, for some of us, these are our friends. Uh, These are people that we go to church with. We've seen them. Um, But they, they believe this stuff. And they say, you know what? If I can open up my life a little bit, if I can open up my place... I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing sometimes, but if I can just be there for others, I'll do that. Now, here's the thing. We are not asking these people and our D group leaders and all those that serve, we are not asking them to solve everyone's problem. We're not asking them to fix everyone's marriage. We're not asking them to bring back the wayward and the prodigal children. We're not asking them to provide job opportunities for you. Um, you know, fix situations and problems, we ask Jesus for that. We ask the source. But at the same time, we ask our church, do we want this? Do we want to make disciples in this city that tell a different story? And here you have these people, not to put them on a pedestal, but this is the reality. This is what we have. So guys, you can sit down. Thank you so much. And so what does this look like on a practical level? I think we have a slide there. Cool. If you go to our website and you click communities or even on the very first page, it says connected. There's a button there. If you connect, it's going to send you to this page. And here's here's the starting point. 
here's the communities. And this is once a month where people of our church open up their homes, their lives, their space, and they say, come on in. And this is a great opportunity. You know, sometimes we're asking, yeah, I, I want to tell my friends about Jesus. I want to I tell them that there's a better way to do life. But, like, what's a good starting point? Do you see that picture? There's food up there. That's a great place to start. Uh, yesterday, my goodness, we had an awesome community um, hangout where we played frustrating games. I'm not a game player, but everyone loved it, so it was good. <laughs> I faked a smile for an hour and a half. <coughs> but here, here's the starting point. We get together, and we do life together. Get in the messiness. Invite people. Because did you know that statistically we live in one of the loneliest cities in the world? That's crazy. Every time I hear that, I'm like, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. It is so lonely here. And so what a great starting point. I, I ask friends all the time to come, and at first they're kind of thrown off. They're like, you want me to just come hang out with you? I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that, that would be great. And so they come, and it's, it's awesome. But then, uh, I won't get too much into this, but our hope through this community is that they get to hear a better story. And so our community leaders, they oversee some, something that we call DG leaders, our discipleship group, discussion group leaders. And um, they meet uh, together. And this would be called an LDG, a leadership discipleship group. And so basically, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's on the website. Um, but basically, we are equipping everyone in our church. Our hope is that we can all share a different story. We can all take part in this. From community, opening up your home or your life once a month, bringing in a social circle, then taking that conversation a little bit deeper in a discussion group where you have both Christ followers and non-Christ followers. And we just look at God's word and say, what do you think? What is this? What is God saying and does it matter? Does it matter in your relationship with him, others, and the world? Um, and then we have something exciting coming up in September. I won't tell too much about it, but for our uh, DGs and LDGs, uh, we're going to be, oh man, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, with Multiply, we're continuing that this year, but uh, tentatively, what, is that a word? Yes. What that's going to look like is we're going to be doing it once a month. And this is actually going to be a time where we get together and we do this together. We'll have the information. Uh, Pastor Greg will be teaching. But we're going to take that information and once a month just dig into it and then live it out for that month. And so that, that's kind of like a bird's eye view of what that's going to look like. But we have a plan. I believe it's a good one and excited to do that. So how do you join a community here? Um, get to know people during Mix and Mingle. Shake some hands. Get to know people. Uh, at the connection table, we would love to get you connected to a community. You can go on the website and get connected there. Um, but how do, sorry, I was just rushing through that. But how do we do this? How do we do community? How do we do life with one another? And it says that because we're different, stuff's going to come up. We're going to see things differently. It's not always going to be the same. So how? Paul says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Man, be thankful that we're called together as different as we are. God called us. He's put us on this mission together. 
And as we conclude, uh, we're just going to take some time to go out, actually, and do community. Uh, We're going to have some soup together. And so community leaders, if you see uh, just some new people or new people, visitors, you saw uh, our community leaders, uh, if you want to go to them, join them, this, what a great time to just spend uh, half an hour or more just having a meal together, starting there. Um, but why do we do this? And I'm going to end with this uh, illustration. Why do we do this? So in a community, uh, sometimes there's games to kind of like break the ice, and someone always brings this game, and I can't stand it, It's a tool of the evil one. It's called catchphrase. Does anyone know that game? I can't stand that game. Because here's the goal. Like you have this word and you're supposed to say it to everyone, but you can't say the word so you're describing it. And that's fine. I have enough trouble with words, but like I'm finding the words and it's good. If that was the game, that would be great. But what's another element of that game while you're describing Beep, 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 beep. It goes down and faster and faster. You're like, I know the word. You don't. You know, and it's so frustrating. But then when you find the word, you click it and you hand it to the next person. And then they go and you're like, oh, good. You know, I'm totally relieved. And then it gets back to you. Beep, 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 beep. And it's faster. You're like, no, no, no. In the same way. Horrible illustration. Sorry. But in the same way, why do we do community? Because we believe that there is, that time is of the essence. Like, we don't have all the time in the world. God is coming back. And so the friends that you have in your life, that he has put in your social circle, your sphere of influence, they need a different story. They need a different story. Not just one word and you click and you hand it off and go, phew, done. No. You have to stay in that tension. Bring in a conversation and just say, hey, I see the story you're living for. Can I tell you of a better one? Can I tell you of a better story? And I want to do it with you. I want to live this out together because that's that's the story. That's the source. He wants us to do this together. So if you could bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. And God, if there's anything that I said that was distracting or misleading, I I pray that you would remove that right now. But God, community is your idea. We do not have community if you are not in it. But we we can create hangouts. We can be together. But there will always be a void. Why? Because we're a bad source. Fun, it's great, but it's a bad source. Good times, awesome. But how long do they last? We need a source that lasts, that gives us a purpose higher than we could ever give ourselves, that gives us a value higher than we could ever give ourselves, and give us a vision that is impossible to do without the source. And so, God, as we do community, I just first thank you for the leaders. Thank you for those who participate in communities, for those who have stepped out in faith and said, you know, I'm going to invite a friend to this. I'm going to invite someone that means something to me because I want them to know what matters to me. And it's a different story. It's your story. And so we, we pray for protection during our courageous conversations. We pray for those who lead out in their communities, in their neighborhoods, in their families, in all of those aspects. But God, community is a gift from you. Would you continue to teach us what it means? What does it mean to look like someone that follows you? 
And how do we do this all the time? Well, we don't do it without you. And so, God, would you be with us? Would you be with those in our church that say, God, you're worth it. I will talk. I will live. I will lead. And so I pray that you'd be with us in that. We love you. We thank you for the communities here at this church. Amen.